High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Grab your Bible, go to Matthew 16. I'm going to preach fast this morning. Uh, Like we've already said, it is College Color Sunday. It is the kickoff of college football season is going on, and I absolutely love college football season. There is nothing else in the world in sports like college football season, and I'm excited. My favorite seasons are winter, spring, and college football season. Uh, And uh, college football season is probably number one among those seasons of what are my favorite. There's nothing else like uh, college football, the pageantry, the games, the rivalries. Uh, Let's just be honest. Saturdays in the fall, in the south, are for football. And the church said... Amen. We even, listen, we, we look at, when it gets, let me back, say it this way, we will schedule things on Saturdays throughout the year, but whenever it gets to be college football season, we keep those Saturdays clear and open. And for all of you fans out there, you're welcome for us doing that uh, as much as we can. Like one of the most, one of the unpardonable sins is scheduling your wedding in the middle of college football season on a Saturday, Jason and Julia. Um, but... Uh, I'm playing, but uh, I love the season. I'm not just some sort of casual fan either. Uh, I am a diehard follower of college football, but especially of uh, of Florida State, go Knowles. Uh, And I know we've got a lot of different teams represented in the room today. Real quick, where where, where are the Knoll fans at in the room? Y'all, let me hear y'all. There you go. And where's the Gator fans at? All right. Where's the, have we got any hurricanes in the room? All right, all four of you. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Alabama, where's the Bama fans at? All right, I heard lots of roll tides being yelled. Where's the Georgia fans at? Y'all are, y'all are real loud. Y'all weren't loud until more recently, but uh, where's everybody else at? Anybody else in the room? All right, good deal. All right, everybody's. I don't even know what I don't even know what that was. Okay, Oklahoma. All right, get you with Pastor Garrett after service. He's a Texas fan, uh, but uh, lots of what's that? For, you know, Pastor Garrett said forty-nine nothing. Um, there's a lot of. <laughs> there's all kind of teams represented. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not one of those just like casual fans. For me, college football season is like year-round. Uh, anybody else like a year-round fan? When I say year-round, I mean I'm following recruiting. I'm listening to podcasts. It'll be like the middle of February, and I'm listening to a podcast about college football. And Miranda's like, the season is over. I'm like, the season has only begun. It is recruiting season now. I don't know how to, I just, the way I am and the way my personality type is, I don't know how to do anything halfway. If I'm going to do anything at all, I'm like going all in on whatever it is that I enjoy, whatever it is that I do. So uh, one of the most, and I'm, I'm getting somewhere in a minute, we'll get the scripture in a minute, and this is all going to make sense. One of the most annoying things to me as a really, really hardcore follower of college football, and specifically a hardcore follower of Florida State, is people 
who jump on the bandwagon when things are going good. Right? The people that didn't wear the shirt whenever y'all were, when you, when you had losing seasons. But suddenly whenever you get into a winning season, they go into, they're going to the store to buy the t-shirt. Right? They're going to wear the hat. Right? The bandwagon fans. That's one of the most annoying things on the face of the planet. The people who start repping your team when everything is going good. Right? The people who want the tickets to go to the game whenever, whenever they know you're going to win. When they know that the, the roster is looking good and you've had some good progress going, then they all want to cheer for the team suddenly. That's one of the things that just kind of annoys real hardcore fans more than anything else in the world is the bandwagon fans. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The bandwagoners. I'm like, you cheered for a different team last year. Right? I, I love MG so much. I love MG. He's a Gator fan, and I love him to death. And uh, you saw something you don't see most of the time. You saw a Seminole and a Gator give each other a hug this morning in their gear. You don't see that much throughout the year. But at high praise, there's neither Noel nor Gator. We're all just part of God's family, and we love each other. But I love MG. One of the things I love about MG is I know, even though I do not like the Gators, I know that MG loves the Gators. And I know that when the Gators are bad, MG's going to cheer for the Gators. And I know that when the Gators are good, MG's going to cheer for the Gators. And I know when it's in the middle, he's going to cheer for the Gators. He's consistent. He's a real follower of that team. He is consistent in his conviction to like that terrible team. Right? He's all in. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. And you, you, you know the other, the other interesting thing about people who are real followers is even when your team is probably going to be bad, you're going, it's going to be a good year. You're going to turn it around. I'm going to get it going this year. Right? I'm uh, not to... to, to digress a little bit, but I'm a, I'm a Bucks fan too. That's one of the things me and MG have in, pro, have in common. And uh, I am not expecting a good year for the Bucks, but the inner fan of me is going, just maybe. <laughs> just maybe. You never know. Stranger things have happened. People who are real followers, they go all in. And people who are bandwagoners, they're the guy who buys the jersey once you win 10 games, once you get the five-star recruit, once you make the playoffs. The type of fan who doesn't know anything about the team but wants to be there when everything is going good. Unfortunately, at times, we have Christians who are bandwagon Christians. We see this with people in the church, bandwagon Christians, bandwagon church members. And here's my encouragement and what I want to talk to you about today. And that is this, get off the bandwagon and be a follower. Don't be a bandwagon Christian. Don't be a bandwagon church member. Be a follower and be committed through the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, because we're going to get there in a minute. There's great reward when you are a follower, and there are diminished returns when you're a bandwagon fan. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you that as we come before you, that you have something to say to us, something to speak to our hearts and our spirits today. I thank you, Lord, as I minister, that you will anoint my tongue as that of a ready and skillful writer to speak forth your words of life, exhortation, edification, and comfort to your people. I thank you even today for all of us in the room that you will anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our spirits to respond to what you're saying to us. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says, amen. So Jesus here in Matthew 16, he starts talking to his disciples, and what, what one of the things he is doing here is he is separating fans from followers, right? He is separating the bandwagoners from the people who want to go all in. Because Jesus, and by the way, Jesus is doing this all the time. If you read Jesus' earthly ministry, he's doing this constantly. In Luke chapter 9, a guy comes up to Jesus, uh, and, and Jesus tells the guy, he goes, hey, follow me. And the guy goes, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And that guy obviously did not follow Jesus after that. Because it sounded like it was going to be more difficult than what he wanted it to be. Another guy comes up and, or he goes up to another guy. He says, hey, follow me. And the guy says, hey, Jesus, that sounds great. Just let me bury my dad first. And Jesus looks at him and says, let the, let the dead bury the dead. Well, that seems very understanding of Jesus and very kind. Pastor Jesus would not have been very accepted in the modern world. And then there's another guy. He says, hey, follow me. And the guy says, hey, just let me go tell the people at my house bye. Let me go tell them farewell. And Jesus looks at him and says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit to serve the kingdom. Jesus is constantly bringing this line and saying, you can't be a bandwagon fan who when it's good for you, you're willing to follow. But when it costs you something, you are unwilling to get on board. When it's difficult, you're unwilling to follow. Jesus is constantly drawing this line and making this separation because Jesus realized he can't fulfill the purpose that he's called to fulfill with disciples who are just on a bandwagon. He can only fulfill the purpose he's called to fulfill with people who have gone all in and who are followers with everything inside of them. Once again, Jesus tells them, listen, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me, what you have to do is you have to deny yourself and you have to take up your cross. Now think about that for a second. In our modern context as Christians, in a postmodern world, we look at the cross very differently than the way they would have looked at it in the first century in Israel under Roman occupation. We look at it and we think of the glorious cross where Jesus died and took our sins away. We think of the cross that people wear around their necks, right, as a fashion statement. We think about Tim Tebow with the cross on his face with John 3.16. We think about beautiful old cathedrals with crosses everywhere that are just absolutely gorgeous. But to the first century Jews, the cross was one thing. And that one thing that it was, was an instrument of death and execution. 
There was no beautiful understanding of it that we have today in his iconography. The only thing they knew about it is, hey, that's where Romans kill people. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up the thing that Romans are killing people on and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Whenever you really read it through that lens, it reads a little bit differently than the beautiful way that we read it. Because whenever you say, let me put it in a modern context. If Jesus was talking to Floridians today, what he would say is, hey, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Get the electric chair and follow me. That's the modern equivalent of what he would be saying to us today. The cross was simply a method of execution to them. Jesus is telling them, you've got to be in or you've got to be out. And if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you everything. Can't be half in, half out. This, this, is, this is later reinforced. I promise we're going somewhere good with this. Y'all hang with me. See, we had to talk about college football in the beginning just to make it Make y'all laugh a little bit before we got to the heavy stuff. In Revelation 3, Jesus is talking to the, the churches in Revelation, and he tells them this. He tells them this. I know your works. That you're neither cold nor hot. But I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. My Growing up, my youth pastor said it this way to us all the time. He said, don't be God puke. He would say, don't be God puke. Don't be somebody who's half in, half out. Don't be somebody who's lukewarm. Don't be somebody who hasn't counted the cost. Don't be somebody who isn't willing to lay it down for the sake of what God is calling you to do. You have to go all in. You cannot be half in, half out. To go back to college football for a second, the only thing worse than somebody who is your rival a rival fan, the only thing that, that might grind you worse than a rival fan is somebody who's like, oh, I just cheer for both teams. What? Well, I just cheer for Florida and Florida State. You're not allowed to do that. That's against the rules, right? Well, I cheer for Alabama and Auburn. What are you talking about? You are not, I'm a fan of both. You are not allowed to be a fan of both. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Pick one. I like Texas and Oklahoma. Who are you? Right? Yeah. You can't be like that. You can't be half in, half out. Let me put it this way. You can't be on Sunday jumping for Jesus and then on Friday living like a fool. I'd rather you be hot or cold. You can't be team Jesus one day and team world the next. You can't be team Bible one day and team culture the next. You have to get off the bandwagon. And when Jesus has something to offer you, you're all about it. When your life is going good, you're like, thank God for everything he's doing for me. God, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Bless God. He's doing powerful and mighty things in my life. But then when things aren't going so well, you start looking in other places to find your fulfillment and your satisfaction. What team are you actually on and who are you going to support? You can't cheer for both. Friendship with the world is enmity with God is what the word says. You can't be both. 
You've got to pick and you have to get off the bandwagon and you can't be a fan of the world one day and a fan of Jesus the next. You got to do something. You got to choose. Jesus is telling this. You can't simply follow me when things are going good in your life. You have to make this commitment that you were going to go all in and completely and totally follow me. Bandwagon fans come and go. Right? 2013, whenever Florida State was just running over everybody on their way to a national title, there were people who started posting on social media that I never knew they cheered for Florida State a day in their life. I was like, I know they liked the team. And suddenly they were acting like they were the biggest fans on the face of the planet. Oh, yeah, I've always been a fan. What are you talking about? And then when things got dicey, right? I mean dicey, that's right. When things got real dicey, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and you go through this real season where it's not looking good, suddenly all those people stopped posting about Florida State. They became Bama fans. Right? Those people are now Georgia fans. They just want to cheer for the team that makes them feel good in the moment. Hear me. They just want to cheer for what makes them feel good in the moment. If you only will go in on what makes you feel good in a moment, you will live your life jumping from thing to thing. Right? From experience to experience. Church makes you feel good on Sunday, but the club makes you feel good on Friday. And as long as you live in that way, you will never actually find true fulfillment. I'm not talking about happiness. You might find some happiness, but you won't find fulfillment. You will only find fulfillment whenever you go all the way in and you say, listen, this is who I serve. This is who I serve. And when it's going good in my life, I'm going to serve him. And whenever he's speaking to me, I'm going to serve him. Right? And whenever my family and my kids are acting right, I'm going to serve him. And whenever I don't feel good, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to serve him. And when my kids aren't acting right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to serve him, right? And whenever I feel like he's gone silent, I'm still going to serve him. Regardless of what is going on in my life, I refuse to be a bandwagon fan. I'm not going to be somebody who just cheers when the getting is good. But I'm going all in and serving him every single day of my life. Don't know any other way. Jesus had fans who came and went. Right? He had bandwagon fans. Whenever Jesus had the, when, when, when he fed the multitude, right? When he multiplied the fish and the loaves and he fed the multitude, there were thousands of people there. 5,000 men, which probably means closer to 15 to 20,000 people who were there. And Jesus, Jesus takes the fish and the loaf, he, the, the loaves, he multiplies them, he feeds the multitude, and everybody was there to see the miracle. And everybody was there to eat of a fish dinner. And everybody was there to get free food. If there's one thing we know in church, people show up for free food. And y'all all show up on Wednesday. Y'all come out on Wednesday, we're having a fried chicken dinner, completely free to you. People show up for free food. 
They showed up for Jesus for free food. They showed up whenever he preached a message that made them feel good. He preached good. Listen, they showed up when he preached good and everything was going well in his life. And a lot of those same people, it would reasonably based on population, the amount of people that were there, that some of the people who sat and listened to Jesus preach and ate of that free fish dinner were some of the same people that not long after would stand in a crowd and say, give us Barabbas, crucify him. Some of the same people that received from his miracle were the ones who said, give us Barabbas, crucify him. Why? Because they hadn't gone all the way in. They weren't followers. They were bandwagon fans. That as long as there was something in it for them, they were all in. But the moment something was required of them, all out. As long as there was something that they were receiving, all in. But the moment it might cost them something, all out. That's the difference between a bandwagon fan and a real fan. It's easy to cheer for your team when they're blowing everybody out 56 to nothing. Right? That's easy. That's fun. That's enjoyable. When you wake up in the morning and you're not worrying if your team's going to lose. Right? That's fun. You know what's not fun is when you wake up wondering if your team's going to lose to teams that they should be beating and have beaten for a long time. But you know what real fans do? They still cheer for their team. They still put on the jersey. They still put on the hat. They still put on the shirt because that's their team. And they're not going to abandon them just because it's not going their way. Likewise, in the church, in Christianity, which again, it's easy when we're being blessed when we're receiving something, right? When nobody in the church has offended us. When, when, when we agree with every decision that's being made. When we're on board with the direction. It's real easy for us to show up and go, go pastor. But then when somebody shows up and you're offended at that person. Or somebody does something to you. They don't speak to you. They don't talk to you. Somebody says something nasty to you. Right? Do we still go all in? Or does God speak to us really quickly that our time and season has come to an end? Are y'all with me? Because the reality is, is we, we've been talking a lot about bandwagon Christians, but there's bandwagon church members too. Do we want to go there? <laughs> there's bandwagon church members. Pastor Garrett said yes very loudly from the front row. He's giving me permission, so we're jumping in. Bandwagon church member, somebody who's, who's all in as long as they're being blessed, right? As long as pastor is preaching to me in my life, as long as I get the prophetic word that I needed to hear, and not needed, let me back up, as long as I get the prophetic word that I wanted to hear, right? As long as I'm getting honored as the vision team spotlight person, and I'm, Larry and Linda aren't like that, I want you all to be clear. As long as I get spotlighted next month, I'm all in. Right? But the moment somebody steps on their toes a little bit, the moment something is said that challenges them, the moment something is said and somebody has to confront them about an issue in their life, the moment you get a call to go to dinner because we need to have a little talk about something. Y'all with me? God just suddenly moves on their heart. The Lord spoke to me. God didn't speak to you. Your offense spoke to you. Your hurt spoke to you. Your unwillingness to get over it spoke to you. 
And people who one day sing the praises suddenly become, that is the worst place on the face of the planet. Not because anything has changed, but because they couldn't get over something. Because their hearts had shifted. Because there was some challenge that faced them and it wasn't all just roses and daisies and tulips and you're good, I'm good, we're all wonderful. Hmm? Y'all got real quiet in here now. A bandwagon church member is somebody who wants to receive of all of the great things the body is doing but isn't willing to serve and give. A bandwagon church member is somebody who's all in but the moment things aren't just, I don't like that new song. Not my style. Bandwagon. It's what bandwagoners do. I don't like that new quarterback, so I'm going to go cheer for a different team. I don't like some of the direction that things are going in, so I'm just going to go to a different place. The Lord's leading me in a new season. Don't be a bandwagoner. So this is my question for you today, and we're going to wrap up real close. Which person are you? Are you the bandwagon fan that when, when everything is going well, you praise? When things are awesome, you thank God? When you're on the mountaintop, you're telling everyone, God is good. Jesus is good. Are you like the fans that buy the jersey of the winning team? Or are you the follower that even when things look bleak, you worship anyways? That even when you don't have direction or the answer, you thank God? That even when it seems things didn't go the way you thought they would, that you still realize how good our God actually is. Are you the person that goes and you buy the, you buy the shirt that nobody else wants to buy because it's still your team even if they're not very good right now? Are you the person who still will go out and rep it even whenever they're three and six? Hmm? Are you that person? Or are you the person who's like, I can't be seen with that because it's not going well right now? Which person are you? Once again, remember, there were people who miraculously ate a fish and bread that undoubtedly turned and shouted, crucify him. Now, here's, here's the reality. Being a follower is not always the easiest. It's really not. Being a follower doesn't mean you just get to celebrate when it's good. It means having difficulty sometimes. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. Sometimes when you're a devotee, you'll have tribulation. There are difficult times. Like I mentioned earlier, I remember those years in Florida State, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, where it was rough. And you know what I still did? Watched every single game. EMG's laughing. He's, he's, he's opining for those times again for Florida State. <laughs> I remember those times where it was difficult, where you didn't even want to turn on the game. But when you're a fan, you do it anyways. When you're a follower, you do it anyways. When you're all in, you turn it on anyways. Listen, whenever you wake up and you don't feel like going to church because you've had a rough week, when you're a follower, you get up and you go anyways. Right? Whenever it's been a rough one and you just feel like you need a break for me time, you get up and you go anyways when you're a follower. I remember those years. I know for Bama fans, y'all have been good for a real long time now. But I know y'all remember some of those days of Dennis Francione and was it Mike Shula? Those were some rough days for Bama fans, right? Those weren't fun times to go through. But listen, sometimes you've got to go through, hear me, 
Sometimes you have to go through some Dennis Francione and Mike Shula seasons to get to your Nick Saban season. Sometimes you got to go through some Willie Taggart seasons, Florida State fans. Sometimes you got to go through some, who is, who's y'all's worst coach, MG? You ain't got any? Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> who was coach when y'all went four and eight? He already forgot who it was. He put him way far out of his memory. You got to go through some of those. Who's the guy from Colorado State that coached there? What was his name? Gator fans, y'all, y'all, y'all sure. Oh, sure don't know him. So you got to go through some of those seasons to get to your winning season, right? And listen, hear me, hear me, hear me. Whenever you are committed through the difficult seasons, it makes the winning seasons all the sweeter. Whenever you don't jump off the bandwagon just because things aren't going well, when you inevitably get to that winning season, it makes things a whole lot better. You can savor the victory a whole lot more when you're faithful through the difficult seasons. And that's why Jesus, whenever he said, in this world you'll have tribulation, he didn't stop there. He continued and said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. This is the reality. There will always be difficulty whenever you make a choice. I'm going all in on Jesus. I'm going all in on serving. I'm going all in on the church. I would be lying to you if I told you it's always just going to be great because Jesus told us something completely different. There are times that are that we experience tribulation and difficulty. There's times and seasons of suffering even at times, but be of good cheer for he has overcome the world. And on the other side of the difficulty and the tribulation and the suffering is him overcoming and there being victory realized in your life. And that victory is much sweeter when you refuse to give up in the midst of the difficulty. So what are you? Are you the bandwagon fan or are you the follower? The bandwagon fan turns the game off when you're down 20 in the first quarter. But the follower keeps it on because they know that there's always hope of a turnaround. And the follower that watches that turnaround happen and watches victory happen, it is so much sweeter. Last year, I'll tell you all a quick story. Last year, uh, Florida State was playing. Uh, who were they playing? Was it? Uh, was it? Who were they playing when we were at your bachelor party? Wit, where are you at? Where's Wit? I saw him in this room. He stepped out. They were playing somebody. I don't remember who it was right now. NC State, maybe. No one NC State. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And Florida State went down. Jordan Travis got hurt. Was out for the game. And they had to bring in Tate Rotemaker. And then they brought in Tate Rotemaker. I was like, ball game. It's over. We lost. We're already down. It ain't going to happen. It was Louisville. It's over. We're going to lose. It's over. And he struggled at first. And I was sitting there. We're at Witt's bachelor party before he got married. And I was like, I'm going home. <laughs> Watch the first half. I'm out. We're way down. I'm going home. And I told myself, I'm probably not going to turn the game off whenever I, turn the game on whenever I get home because I was so frustrated. But I got home because I'm not a bandwagon fan. I turned that game on, and I'm like, I'm going to sit here and suffer watching this game. <laughs> and you know what happened? They turned it around, they came back, and they won the game. And you know what? It was a lot sweeter, the victory, because I didn't wake up the next morning and just find out about it on ESPN. 
I sat and suffered for a couple quarters. But on the other side was victory. Listen, you might feel like you've been through a couple quarters of suffering in your life and difficulty, but don't turn it off now. Don't change the channel now. Don't switch teams now. Don't put on a different jersey now. You stay committed. You stay all in because on the other side, Jesus promises that he has overcome and there is victory. A bandwagon Jesus fan might jump off because things don't go their way. But the follower knows that the righteous are never forsaken. And they keep pressing because they know that the setback is just a setup for a comeback. Jesus tells him this. I'm, I'm closing. Jesus tells him this. You have to lose your life. But if you lose your life, you're going to find something so much greater. You're going to have to die to self. But whenever you die to self, you're going to find something so much greater. Followers will find purpose. Bandwagon fans might find some excitement for a season, but they'll find very little else. When you lose your life, you find his life. You find the Zoe life of God. Whenever you lose your plan, you find his plan, which is so much better. When you lose your desires, you find his desires, which are so much better. When you lose your road that you were on, you find his road, which ends in victory, which ends in joy. The road that you want to go on ends in despair and, and absolute suffering. But the road that he wants to put you on leads in joy and life forevermore. So to Today, in this season, as we're going into college football season, make the choice. What are you going to be? What are you going to be? Are you going to be the bandwagon fan that when everything is going good, you're all in, but when things get difficult, you're off? Or are you going to be the person who makes the commitment, I'm all in? No matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, no matter what life throws at me, I refuse to quit. I refuse to change my jersey. I'm staying on the team, and I know God's going to do powerful and mighty things. Don't be a bandwagon fan. Be a follower and watch what God does in your life. Will you stand up to your feet this morning? Will you stand up to your feet? I hope you got something out of this today. I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord today. Just lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to pray with me this morning. Say this. Say, Father God, I thank you today that I am becoming more than a bandwagon fan. I'm not going to be a fair weather fan. I'm not going to be the person that when everything's going good, I'm all in. But when there's adversity, I change my jersey. I'm keeping my jersey on. I'm staying committed to you. I'm not just a bandwagon fan. I'm a follower. And on the other side of that commitment, there is victory there is joy. There is celebration that you have for me. And there's celebration you have for my life. There's destiny. There's purpose. There's victory. And there's triumph. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, will you lift your hands, lift your voice. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.